Uh, you want to say it? Do you want to say it this week? Okay, I'll say it this week. Um, I want to welcome our guest. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Forced, episode six with Sarah and Rose. This is a podcast which addresses women's issues and Star Wars, and we're and, and women's issues and Star Wars and other issues that you know men's issues. Men have issues too sometimes, right? And non-binary people have. Yes. have issues so you know we might cover some of those too yes and in fact i've gotten a lot of uh, education about men's issues with women talking about star wars so they have, <laughs> they have those issues yeah but i'm gonna try not to talk too much about that but oh no i'm 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 you know I, i'm very if we get death threats that'll be very exciting it's, it's... yeah i mean I guess it would be but, someone's paying attention, but it's only, I, I just think that there's like 10 people that are just super loud on the internet. So I'm not going to worry about it too much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, as a female growing up in the, you know, eighties who liked star Wars, it's not like I never heard any negative feedback about that. About liking star Wars. Oh Yeah. Because I was I was in like elementary school at the time, so I definitely got like that's for boys from boys. So you know, not my friend group that I played Star Wars with, but I definitely got shit like that about like my Star Wars lunchboxes or things like that. So wow, nothing nothing new. I just think they're more they have a louder platform now. So bring it yeah. <laughs> I mean okay. I guess they've gotten pretty nasty they're called a, apparently they have a, a name now called the fandom menace the, <laughs> that's the, the great bad. I know um, but they've you know they're the ones that are harassing all the people of color that are in the new things and um, the females so yeah yeah, you know what I'd like to hear? I'd like to hear stories. Somebody's got to do like a like an NPR story about somebody who used to be used to be a fandom menace, you know, and then all of a sudden realized the error of their ways, and then you know, oh, that was wrong. I was racist or I was sexist. Yeah, no, I'm not anymore. I'd like to hear. I'm looking forward to that story. That I is guess. a job for NPR because they always mm-hmm. they do the ones with the, like the X, you know. Uh, you know, right wing people. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, somebody Skinheads. crossed over to our our side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um. So I had I'll, to have I'll make my... a note to make a note to talk to NPR about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> get that. Get that rolling. <laughs> um. For us, that'll be good. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I, um, third sister is that her name? In the mm-hmm. in Obi Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi, the gorgeous yeah. my god, that woman was gorgeous. Oh, yeah, like you know she, when you saw her, she got a lot of shit. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, well, so I had the I read the article that you sent me. You sent me um, something about Alex Jones calling. What was the article that you sent? Um, it was a delightful little thing. I just googled because Alex Jones has been in the news this week, so I like to see 
I like to see who's in the news and if there's any connection to Star Wars. And lo and behold, he went on a rant. Uh, what was that? 2017, I believe. One of his one of his many rants was, um, well, he didn't like the new movies because they gave. Did you watch the little minute, two minute video? I didn't. I read. I read the article. I didn't watch it, the video it, though. Yeah, it was just him saying the exact same thing that was in the article, but it was basically, uh, you know, uh, they're hitting us over the head with too many women in command. They made all the bad guys men. And uh, Carrie Fisher, he came for Carrie Fisher's looks. Yes. He tried to say, and then he was like, I'm not being hard on her, but she looks like something that lives under a bridge, like an old lizard person. And then went off on yeah. that for a while. So some so, of the stuff, like, some of the stuff seems in, like inflammatory, like he's poking at people, trying to get people upset. Sure. That's like the, the, you know, insulting. Well, that's what he does. Yeah, insulting Carrie Fisher's looks. But then some of the other stuff like, you know, oh, they made all the men, the, the bad guys are all men. Guess what? The bad guys in Star Wars were all men, too. I know. That's what, that was my takeaway. I was like, so show me the evil uh, villainous women in, in Star Wars. So, so some of I'm it just comes sure from a place of ignorance. Male... Darth Vader. Let's look at our let's look at our villains. Count Dooku, <laughs> um, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, those are all men. Yeah, there were no. So evil. I don't know. I don't know what he was talking about. Yeah, that that was he so. Was, so that was just stupid. He was mad that Leia was. He, he was talking about the chain of command. So that was like uh, after Leia, it went to Laura Dern. So that was a problem. You know, okay, so, and then the, here's the other, this, it all comes, like, even even attacking Leia's looks, or Carrie Fisher's looks, it also comes from a place of stupidity, because, you know, he's not, he doesn't even realize that he's not going to be, you know, yelling about Peter Cushing's looks, right? He's not going to say anything. And so that the place of ignorance is that, you know, women, in, still in these people's minds, women are there to look good, and men are there right. to carry on the the you know the story, and it's yeah. He said she looked good in the first three movies, and he liked her yeah. in those. Well, yeah. who doesn't look good when they're eighteen years old? And we're still, I mean, we're still, but but you know the fact the fact is that you know Peter Cushing looked old in Star Wars: A New mm -hmm. Hope. Looked old, you know. Wasn't you know Alec Guinness? He looked old too. Nobody's complaining yeah. about the way these people look because they're men. Of course. So I, you know, it would be that women are supposed it, to disappear past the age of thirty. So yeah, yeah, and they're also supposed to. They're and they're just under the age of thirty. They're supposed to look nice, and they and that's all they do. If they have like powers or something like that, it's a problem. It's it needs to be talked about, and and so that's what's changing, Alec and Phantom Phantom Menace. That's what's changing now, is mm -hmm. that women are going to be kind of equal to men and that it's not really that important how they look just like it's not that important how men look and they're going to have roles right you know like well like and the new movies you know you know we've talked about this privately but like 
I loved that there were female pilots, you know, that there was a, a more what reflects reality of, of the number of, you know, we don't live in a world where there's all these men and one female, like in Star Wars, you know, so I like seeing yeah. that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's more started... reflective of what we see when we walk out of our house and look around. I mean, I mean, I guess it's, you know. And there's still so many places where it's not, the parody is not being fixed. You know, like we, I was just, our school is starting up again. And, you know, we were talking about how mm-hmm. there's, we have a, a certain percentage, um, a, a nice percentage of um the what we would call the underserved populations or i can't remember what we mm-hmm. call what we call people now um not not it's not 100% white anymore um in our school but it's it's much less percentage in, in of of professors so it's we mm-hmm. still you know we're still we're still moving towards equity and equality and stuff like that it's not there yet we're not there yet by any means oh not even close yeah so anyway, anyway, yeah, it's just, I, I'm, I, I grew up with, you know, uh, the, the girls, you know, at the, at the cousin's party, you know, being asked who you're seeing, you know, do you have a boyfriend and the boys being mm-hmm. asked how mm-hmm. school's going, you know, I grew up like that. I think I still hear it from time to time. We talk about this too. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's, we're not there yet. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So what else? Like, uh, what else was I going to say? I think we needed to introduce ourselves a little bit so we can tell people. I, I That's why I wanted to say uh, to everyone, we do actually have a prequel podcast where I was a guest on Rose's other podcast because she has actually been podcasting for how many years now? You're one since of the OG podcasters, 19, right? 1998. Like the first, so, yeah, the first uh, Radio Zero podcast was in 1998, but it's lost. So it's it um, officially started in 1999 and the archives are up. And now was that like an actual podcast or were you like streaming it how are you doing we it recorded in yeah we recorded a um we just re- kind of same way we're doing now except without zoom mm-hmm. we recorded me and rick um talking uh and you know just made a sound file out of it and it was a quick time sound uh, file it was probably aiff and then or a, a quick time movie with just sound and then we just uploaded it to the internet and put a link there for people you can click on it and download it and listen to it that's cool. Yeah. And then, so was it, was it as for your tour files for the band? It was, yeah, it was like, like, or was that something you were just writing? No, it was, it was like, we were on tour and we were talking in the van all the time and we had, you know, we'd sleep on people's floors and we always had these great conversations with people. Right. We, um, and, uh, and we were like, oh man, you know, now we're not on tour. We should just record our conversations and put them up so people can hear them. So that's what we did. We were like so self-important. Oh, but that's kind of fun though. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what podcast is. It's just listening to people sit around and bullshit. So, which yeah, I love. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. I love to chat, so, and I love to yeah. listen to people chat. Oh, that's cool. I might be, I'm a bad podcast listener, 
because the podcasts I listen to, I, I either have a connection to the people somehow. Well, I have a couple podcasts that I don't know how to get a hold of them, but I have real trouble listening to a podcast and not wanting to chime in. I don't know if you've noticed that. Well, it's oh, great. It's great. Well, you're, I have to have, I have to constantly put in my feedback. So, or stir the pot. I, I think it's fantastic. I, I, I'm really enjoying that with um, Radio Zero as, as we're talking and people um, like chime in yeah. and I can announce them and stuff. It's, it's, that's really cool. But anyway, yeah, so you were a guest. Yes, because you and I, I don't even know how we discovered that each other liked Star Wars. And it was really surprising to me that there's another girl yeah. who likes Star Wars. I couldn't, I kind of couldn't believe it at first. Yeah, because I, I met a couple of them growing up, um, but not as an adult. Once I hit college, I remember like being shocked that I couldn't find anyone who liked Star Wars. So I think you were my first adult, other adult female that I found that also enjoyed it. So that was exciting. And then it started with us just kind of chatting on on uh, Facebook Messenger about it and then getting, you know, just talking about Star Wars together. And then you guys invited me to, I think we, what did we, what movie had just come out? Was it, it wasn't, was it Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, Might it have been. was. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was because we, um, we were trying to decide if we liked it or not. We were talking through that process. Um, and I definitely did not like uh, The Last Jedi. So, well, I mean, now I go back and there's parts of it I like, but uh, I was adamant at the time that I did not like that one. So, and... We shared stories, and we—I told I had just recently gone to uh, Galaxy's Edge and and met my. He's not my hero. I don't know what to call my relationship to Chewbacca. But he makes me sob every time I see him, and so I. Broke down physically in front of, a man dressed as Chewbacca, and he held me tenderly. But that's a story. I, for that's on your podcast so i don't need to go into it then but we will throw that you could, up you could still go you i love that's <laughs> my favorite story of all time and the best part is the picture of you <laughs> yeah it, it was it was i fantastic. told it better then because it was more fresh and um i was very emotional about it so uh we'll throw that up as like a a fun crossover and prequel to this one so um if we could figure out how to do that, I guess send it to Chris and he put post it. Mm, I don't know could, how that yeah. works. I'll have to find or, or just a link to it. Ah, that's yeah, that's yeah, it's already there. Why? Yeah, okay, so we don't have to post it yeah. up on that. Okay, so um, so you've been having this long running podcast. You're also in a band called Poster Children, which we addressed. I think we've covered the bases and we definitely go into our backstory also for that in that other, in that other pod. So, yeah, I guess I just feel like I have no credentials. I'm just a person who likes star Wars and a woman, whereas you're and a woman, but you're like a professor 
and um, a bass playing badass for anyone who hasn't seen Poster Children live. It's it's a real something. It's something to these don't feel like like yeah these these don't feel like interesting points to me. Um, and it makes me sad that you're like I'm nobody, but you have all these things. Well, I'm not like. Well, I have things, yes. But, yeah. Uh, but you have actual fans. Mm. There's fan. You have fans in the world. Old, old enough now to to for them to be friends and not fans. I think. Um, That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Uh. So, um, I finished. And do you know I was actually around you though in your early days. You know, when yeah. you would talk on Radio Zero, but I didn't, I didn't, I don't like to say this, but I didn't actually, I knew Poster Children was a band, but I, that my friends listened to, but I hadn't seen any of your shows until I was together with Chris. We're probably better live than, uh, than on record for sure. Um, I'm going to change the subject now because I don't want to talk about my band. Um, uh, is that okay? okay? Uh, yeah. Unless you have more. Well, I just like, also, uh, but you know, I was going to say in- you are also an author. And I feel like you should be promoting that you do, in fact, have a book coming out sometime, too. So, yes, I know you're just uncomfortable talking about yourself. Okay, well, it's always good to be laying the groundwork, letting the people know. All right. All right. Oh, did you is Star Wars is Star Wars in the index? That's something I never asked. We've been talking about the index of your book. You know, what's really kind of scary is that Star Wars is in the index, but Star Trek is in there more in in more, which is kind of weird. It's like I think it's just because we played our first show the day that the Star Trek, the new generation, our first Chicago show, the same day that Star Trek, the next generation started, I think, or something like that. So it's in there a couple more times. The Star Wars is kind of weird. Well, I never was a Star Trek fan because it it gave me nightmares as a small child, and so I never went back to it. Yeah, it's a scary. It's There's scary. One. Yeah, there was one particular, uh, you know, because in the seventies there was like three channels on the TV, and <laughs> yeah. Star Star Trek reruns were on all the time, and I was like always desperate to find something to watch because my TV kind of was my nanny. <laughs> And uh, there was one that was like this, I don't know, I don't know the name of it, but there was like this giant scab monster, (laughs) looked like a red scab that had, was like in, like living in the pipes of some space, you know, station or something like that. And it was coming out and like eating people. And so, like, and so it turned out at the end, it was like protecting a nest of, it was a mother protecting a nest of its babies. But I, that thing scared the shit out of me. And I thought that was living under my bed. So Star Trek, never again. (laughs) Wow. That kept me up. That kept me up a lot. Was that like the first episode that you saw? No, I'd seen some other ones, but that one stuck out. And then I then I was too scared to watch any others. I was and this was I was like a first grader when I saw it, and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, Rick Rick has uh, um, my husband um, uh, has a Star Trek episode that scared scared the crap out of him when he was younger too. And I just I never watched it. I was I watched Doctor Who. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and but I was old enough where things didn't scare. I, you know, I had weird things that scared me when when I was little. <laughs> See, me too. That was the first. That was really the only monster thing that scared yeah. me. What, what were because like you were talking on Radio Zero that you like aren't weren't afraid of monsters. I wasn't afraid of monsters either. I was af- I was afraid of ghosts. Mm. I was afraid of like like if a place is haunted or not. That's what scared me bad. Uh, I was afraid of aliens big time. Wow. Uh, like I watched Close Encounters and I loved the movie, but then I was scared of you know getting abducted oh yeah 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 that would be terrifying because that also seemed like it's it could be real like i like that was a more thing like the monsters i was like "Mm, i'm not i don't think we have the monsters to worry about but but uh there could be aliens and they could be coming down to get people so that it was if it was something that could be plausible or in my head i thought was plausible they scared me serial killers that kind of stuff oh man but not like, not like a robber coming into the house. It usually was more. It was paranormal, but not monsters. Did you- E.T. scared scared me. Had nightmares from E.T. Loved the movie. I was a fourth grader when that came out. But I was he, the idea, he just scared the shit out of me at night. Just sort so, of wet green thing. Yeah, just um. Well, I got really scared when he gets sick at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, when they f- when they find him in that ditch and he looks like a powdered donut. Yeah, he looks very that sick. That freaked yeah. freaked me out. I didn't like that. Yeah. But. See. Okay. So this this brings me to wait. Did, did you did you watch Stranger Things? Yes. In fact, I felt bad listening to you because I felt like I was pressuring you to watch it. I finally watched it and I finished it this morning. Yeah, you like blew through it. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. It was like a it was like a full time job this week. My God. It was <laughs> I'd like wake up and I'd get my coffee and I'd start watching Stranger Things. <laughs> man. And it, it was like But a you slog. didn't enjoy it. Well, I'm sorry. No, I, I did. Enjoy. I did enjoy I, it. I don't like the horror. I don't like the horror and gore. Like I don't look when that shit's happening. That scares me because I was never, I've never been a horror movie person. Yeah. Some re- for some reason I can handle stranger things. And I think it's just because like I was the same age as the younger kids right at that age. I was that age of when, when the first season of stranger things was, I was that age. So I connected with like, Oh, how everything looked of course. And all that. And also just, you know, being outside and coming, coming home in the end of the day. And also I, we all would have killed for something like that to have happened. (laughs) Like that's what we were, we were training, you know, with all our star Wars play and stuff, we were, you know, we wished desperately that somehow we could jump into a dimension that star Wars was real or something. And so like, I think as a looking at that, I'm like, Oh God, we would have, we would have loved for this kind of shit to have happened. Not the gore, but like an adventure. We were always wanting a real adventure to happen. Hmm. So, so it reminds me of that. Yeah. I, no. And I like that everybody has a role of all ages, all ages. That I, noticed, I like that everybody yeah. has to, 
everybody has something to contribute, which I like. That's what I like about it. Yeah. But so tell me your, tell me your thoughts. Yeah. I, I think I liked it. I did not appreciate the gore and the monster. You know, I, I'm, I'm becoming familiar with the monster now. And then the, the, you know, apparently it's, it's a reveal for the, at the ending that, well, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Stranger Things, then sorry, you, you had plenty of time. Um, that you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, number you know, or they they tell you who the monster is and stuff like that, and so there's a backstory to the monster. Um, but I I really start like I I was starting to so like I think what I appreciated was the kids like who are watching it who are that age, they're like becoming more appreciative of like their like their parents. It's like a connection that they make with their parents, like. You know, really yeah that's what i like too you know, mom you know they're like and the fact that they're like you got to watch this mom you got to watch this you know like please watch this and stuff and it's it's because they're watching my life you know and they're wanting to they're like well and the moms have a role in the adventure too which i like you know well one mom does but i'm i'm really hoping that they're going to give uh um Karen Wheeler Mike's mom I'm hoping they're going to give her a little more because she seems like she needs some excitement in her life. I hope they they give her more to do. Is that the one who was going to go have sex with the with Billy? With Billy because her she's got the boring husband. Yeah, I feel I feel because also she's always desperately trying to like her kids are always running out the door and she's always trying to kind of connect with her daughter a little more. I feel like she's like I feel like you know they're leaving her out of the information, but I feel like she's a mom who wants to be like Joyce, who wants to be like involved and wants to protect her children. And it isn't really given the opportunity to do that. And I feel like she could handle it. So I'm hoping they give her a little more to do. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I totally agree with that. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. What did I, I had like two thoughts that I even wrote down. Let me, let me look and see what my thoughts were. One, I know that one was that, you know, like, um, I wasn't sure, like, I was like, so normal people are watching this who never played Dungeons and Dragons, right? Normal, like jocks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And those are the mm-hmm. bad guys. And is that a problem for them? Mm-hmm. Like, are, are they like, are, are, are there jocks sitting around watching this going, oh man, maybe I should be nicer to the, to the weirdo kids who play Dungeons and Dragons, you know, like, or like what happens here? I don't know because I don't know any of them. Yeah. Maybe I should find some to ask. Yeah. It shouldn't be too hard to do. But that is an interesting. Because I don't know any, any weirdo. I, I don't know any non-weirdos. Like, you know, they're all kind yeah. of weird. <laughs> um, they're, it all makes, like, well, of course those kids, you know, of course the Dungeons and Dragons playing kids are are the heroes and stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, what was the other thing? I like, oh, the ending where they were about to die. Uh, and... Uh, and like they like everybody was tired like it was like they were all they were like, yeah was... they were all they were all then screwed. there's like the soliloquy about how what where um mike says this is i love you right it's, i'm trying I'm, i realize i don't know their names i watched it so quickly that i don't remember all their names but it's mike right when mike was yeah when he's talking to 11 while she's in the thing yeah, and, and he, in the mind mindscape thing. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "I love you." Or there, I'm saying the word and stuff. And now you got to fight, you know. 
And I was, I really, mm-hmm. I appreciated the fact that like she was tied up and then it was like, he was like, come on, you got to fight now, you know, get it. Like, so seemed like that like compelled her to just start again. And I've like, this is stupid, but I've had moments like just recently where like I'm trying to like in martial arts practice, you know, like I'm, I'm just like near Mm -hmm. dead and I'm like, okay, like this, this martial art that I do comes from people who are enslaved and, and I'm a freaking privileged white woman doing this, you know, culturally appropriating this, this, Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe I better get off my ass now and just work harder and stuff. And it's like the movements that we do like hurt me so much. I don't know if they're supposed to hurt this much. Um, maybe I'm trying extra hard or something. Like I'm going down lower and I'm like, like you know, so, but it really hurts. And, and it, I'm still like pushing myself. So I, I just remember like a couple instances and like even in the last month, because my health is not, not perfect lately. Um, and just like, just, just being like, okay, I've got to, I've got to push myself over this, you know, I'm just going to do it. So I really appreciated that. Well, maybe you're just, maybe you're also doing it in a hundred degree heat right now. So it's, maybe that's why it's hurting more. No, I think it's just. Maybe need to drink more water. (laughs) It's actually very possible. Not that it's not, not that it's not hard. It's just. I feel like walking to the chicken coop is a challenge right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, so you, you may hot. be very right. But anyway, but still, you know, I did feel like giving up. And then, like, I had, I'm just, oh, my God, I've just yeah. got to push myself through it. So I was like, oh, look, she's doing that, too. You know, and then I started thinking, God, I should watch a lot more TV shows. Because then I was sitting at the pool today. We go to a public pool, and I was, like, looking at people. You know, I like to, I love watching people. And I was thinking of all my. Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, thinking of all my friends and stranger things and you know i wonder what they're doing now and stuff like that and i was like man you know the watching tv shows kind of makes you know and then i was like listening to the radio too like they have stupid like 70s and 80s music on the radio at the pool and i was just getting into all of it i was like oh this is nice i remember this one stupid 70s and 80s music what are you saying i know no you know just like all the nostalgic music and i i was i think nostalgia really used to scare me and um just now it wasn't for some reason oh i'm i'm a sucker for nostalgia and that's why i like stranger things i and i like all the there's so many shots that are homages to other movies and like so many star wars references too like when when they were coming to get um, Eleven, yeah. When she was in that underground bunker, and the bad yeah, guy yeah. Uh, soldiers, was... who were men, yeah, were coming to get her. Did you see that scene when they blew open that door, and the guys with that were going to defend the place? It was totally like when Darth Vader, like beginning the beginning of, of Star yeah. Wars, yeah. yeah. And then, and like, like right, right after. She she said she needed to leave because her friends were in danger and stuff. The others, so. mm-hmm. yeah, just like Luke and yeah, callbacks to everything. So there's a lot of love stuff. Well, and I thought it was like under. I thought we were all understanding that Vecna is Eleven's father. But now I'm seeing things that people are like, I have a theory. In season five, we're going to find out Vecna's Eleven's father, and I was like, I thought he basically told her that because. 
when he was giving his soliloquy or, or monologue or whatever about his backstory, when he was saying that he, you know, when he was getting the little one tattoo, he was like, he had me and he was, he wasn't getting the results he wanted with me. So soon there were more of me or whatever. And I, I, to me, it sounded like the dude was taking his semen, you know, like taking his sperm and making more. But I thought that was what he was saying. Well, number one was, was Eleven's dad. Yeah, I think I, I, I that's, that was what I, I thought that. that was what they, well, when they, well, when he was the 12 year old or whatever, he said he supposedly he was like 24 when he gave up on, not when he was like the child that was getting the tattoo, but he said eventually he realized he couldn't control me. So he made more of me instead. He like, he, he, I can't remember how he phrased it, but he was like, he made more of me instead. And it was like the assumption I had was, okay, so he took your, he took, took your uh, sperm and made himself some more like, is that how 11 and then his relationship with her and this whole like you and I taking over the world together thing, yeah, yeah, Ooh. was was so Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker that I was like, oh yeah, he's her father, yeah, yeah. And I thought I thought they were just saying it without saying I'm your dad, but that- but Chris was like, oh, I didn't catch that, and so other people I've talked to, I was like all right, I guess maybe that's coming for season five, but that was my understanding. I am your father. Eleven. Yeah, because he was basically saying he did a bunch of sh- he did a bunch of terrible shit to me, did experiments on me, and then made more of me. So I, I was like, oh, we like, you know. Yeah, there's no call for him. Took shit, took shit from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so. definitely no call for him to say he made more of me. If he didn't, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that is some strange wording. Okay. I could see that. So, so that's what I, I don't know. So people are like, maybe we're going to find that out. And I was like, I thought they'd already told us that in so many words, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I I haven't. But I thought we were doing a whole Darth Vader, you know, thing there. Wow. Yeah. I like it. So we'll see. I, you know. I always have theories that don't come true, though, so... <laughs> See, that's why you should be a writer. You should be writing these. hmm You should be writing this stuff. You're so brilliant. Um, Ooh. What? Okay. God, I'm trying to... Rem- I, just, I just read too much and have a lot of opinions about how stories should play yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I can't remember what I was going to ask you. Shoot. It, it, Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Let me me backtrack. I'm good at this because I interrupt a lot. So, Star Wars, Stranger Things. (laughs) Uh, I'm just trying to backtrack. I don't know. It was something. No, no, no. It's it's in it's somewhere in in the ending of of Stranger Things. Um, The order we talked about was the shot when you the the shot that looked like the opening of four. Then we said, then you said the thing about like, yeah, and her leaving to go save her friends. That was, it was right in the last thought there with the, with the, I am your father, 11. Um, oh. And then it was just like, it was like a tangential thought. So 
I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll come back to it. Um, I, the other thought that I had was to, you know, you were talking about the hero's journey. And so I mm-hmm. thought, you know, if you wanted to apply that in some way here, since that's not something that I ever studied, I, I like studied it. To stranger things? Just anything, yeah. Or to... Any, anything you want. Give me a little hero's journey. Like a... Oh, no, I got to pull up my little thing. So you don't know the, like... You never did this, looked at the basic, like, chart of Star Wars and how it follows the hero's journey. I never learned about the hero's journey. Oh, well, I was lucky enough to have really good English teachers in high school. I, I, there's a lot of shit I didn't like about my high school, but I had good English teachers and I had a fantastic history teacher. And one uh, English teacher that retired would come back and do teach us about the teach every AP English class about the hero's journey, which um, was developed by a scholar named Joseph Campbell. And he probably died in like the 80s, 90s, maybe. He was he was writing this stuff like I think in like the 30s and 40s, but I don't I don't I don't quote me on that because I I don't have it in front of me. But he wrote a couple books, um, like the hero with a thousand faces, um, and maybe just the hero's journey. But he's got a lot of books out. They'd be good to listen to on tape and. he basically he he studied mythology um world like world mythological stories from all over the world and he started noticing that there's a universal connection in the way stories are told um no matter the the time or you know cu- you know cultures like that were I- completely isolated from each other like the inuit or you know um Egyptian stories or, you know what I mean? Like that hadn't, these people were isolated from each other, but we're telling the same myths over and over again. Right. Like Celtic, Celtic mythology and old Celtic religions have the, uh, the, the God that sacrifices himself for, for the people, you know, like these are all things that it's like a a total Jesus thing, but they were away from Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. You know, and weren't influencing each other. And which, so I found that fascinating to, to have all these different stories from all these different cultures that share these, share these things. And George Lucas was, um, had read all these books and was really interested in that as well. And so he, he structured um, at least the first Star Wars on the hero's journey, which usually is like, um you start out in a in a wasteland type setting um and there is a hero and he receives a call to action which would be his in star wars there's a call to action i don't i can't list all the steps to the hero's journey um but i can send you a chart or oh, yeah. maybe put one on instagram oh, because yeah. it's really easy once you see it written down you know exactly all the moments um yeah and the call to action you know is usually the something comes in to, to invite the hero to leave the wasteland and begin his hero's journey and so for luke skywalker it's the droids bringing the message of Princess Leia. And then he runs into a wise sage 
who gives him a weapon, usually a sword. Um, and like with King Arthur, there was like, you know, Merlin was the, the, the like Obi-Wan figure that, you know, if you look through stories, you'll, you'll be able to identify all these, all, all of them. And then, um, there is like a, they go to rescue, you know, there's a, there's a female goddess figure. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And so as you're going through all these stages, um, you end up you end up in like, at the end of your journey, you end up in a lush um, environment with the, with the goddess. So like at the end of Star Wars, everything's green and growing and, you know. Yeah. Let's see. I'm sure we can find a chart like this that. Oh yeah, Hero's Journey for Star Wars. Yeah, meeting the mentor. Yeah. Star yeah, yeah. Wars. So you can Star see Re- refusal of the call. Call to adventure, oh, refusal, refusal of the call. I can't go with you, Obi-Wan. You know, Obi-Wan, I can't leave. And he's like, you've got to go. <laughs> I've found so, on the internet, I'm looking at it's. There's a, a, a dial, the hero's journey dial, and then it's just yeah. like a Luke Skywalker with this little blaster yeah. next to it. So it's. Yeah. There he is. But it, it's cool. And it was definitely an exciting few days in English because that was the day he used star wars oh. to explain the hero's journey and so i was like losing my mind i was so excited so <laughs> that's fantastic um yeah he was a great teacher and it was just it was so much fun to go through it like that and all everybody was excited but um but he used that to illustrate the hero's journey and then we'd talk about how like now look at a look at this myth and follow that but um and so there, you know, the feminists over time have been like, dear Joseph Campbell, why didn't you write the heroine's journey? And he made the mistake, this is, I think, in the 80s, where he said, well, there, there is no heroine's journey because the, the female is, is the reward for the hero. Yeah. And then he got a lot of flack for that and then he started doing a lot of work and he 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 came up with a heroine's journey too he said that's not that's not really fair and he started doing looking back at myths and stuff and so he developed through the lens of the female characters what the heroine's journey is and the heroine's journey has different different things and, and it's really all more about wrestling with the self mm. And, co- and coming to accept your own identity after, like, dealing with all the pressures of society, like motherhood or all the expectations, like, who am I at my core is, like, the end goal, which I think is cool, too. And you could see they were trying to do, I feel like Rian Johnson was trying to do some of that with with uh the second yeah one which i always mix up i always mix up the names like her whole like going down into the that like womb like cave and seeing her reflection yeah, over I mean, and over who you am know, i and, who are my parents who uh, who I am, am i yeah yeah that was You're yeah nobody. That, it was just kind of like that was yeah <laughs> I, I could I, I could mean, hate that that's the part of it I liked that mo- I liked that part of that movie because I, I was like oh he's trying but yeah. I, I felt like 
there were two other too many other storylines that were driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh no. Um. Well, it just felt like bad writing. It just felt like you know, it's uh, all the other fan fandom menaces. They're they're all mad at Rose Tico and uh, Finn and you know Laura Dern apparently, which she irritated me too but not because she was a woman you know in charge it was just that she was Laura Dern. <laughs> oh yeah we had that discussion and, and like... i like and i and i like laura dern it was just like it was a distraction why is she to there known... yeah it's like i i don't i don't want known cameos popping in it's like 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 so... your mom shows up in star wars it's just yeah, like wait huh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so and that was just a distraction but i didn't mind her character or her you know her role no, as a leader yeah. i didn't Aunt. didn't have a problem with that i did have a problem with that that storyline because it was just one long boring slow chase through space but oh my god <laughs> again that's that's a that's a script problem and not uh uh not you know who the people are yeah who the characters so this this was my thing about this is my irritation with stranger things and i understand that it's like maybe it's just just based on 80s writing but like like the monster like i wanted the monster to be the embodiment of something like you know like oh the monster is greed or the monster is you know the monster is is you know envy or something like it's it's hatred or something well he is greed right well, he's he's I greedy mean... and that's why like he's a monster or something but it's not it, it's no it's just a monster like it's just and snakes and shit you know like it's just scary snaky like it's not but what we learn at the end is all of it is being created by the vecna guy and he is the greed I didn't get that at he all. He wants just, I just thought he was like, like, you know, the typical stereotype of I want, I want to be, I want all the power and I want all the, I want to be in charge of everything. Yeah. I want the world to be the way I want it so to be. Rick even, Rick was talking about this because there's some comedian whose name I don't remember who's going to be playing in Chicago that Graham likes. And the, the tickets are sold out. And this comedian was on Mark Marin, and they were talking about how like evil guys are not just evil anymore. They're like like they're they're like. And then gave the example of Thanos. Like Rick actually said the word Thanos this morning, which is kind of funny because um, Rick you know, mm-hmm. doesn't like like any of this stuff. But like you know, Thanos is like doing this because there are too many people, and there's there's a whole lot. You know, oh, I want you know we have to do the snap because. You know, this is going to help people. It's like, I want to help. And this, this and Stranger Things, that guy, there was a little bit. That's right. Like, he was number one's, like, in his backstory, he was kind of saying that, you know, I see all the evil in people, right? Or something like he's, he's different. But yeah, because he, because of his uh, telekinesis or whatever, he could read people's minds or whatever, right? So he could see. He could see that his dad wasn't just a hero in World War II. He also like did shitty things because he could see people's memories. So I guess yeah. I, I took that as that jaded him, you know, or whatever, because he could see yeah. if a kid can see that their mom or dad is actually human, has fucked up, 
That's you know. rough. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't. I was. I didn't find him a sympathetic character. Now, uh, the little boy. I didn't find that sympathetic. He was torturing rabbits, so that's a no-no for me. Right. Uh. Uh. But um. But like. The the actor when he that when he played the adult, I did have. I felt sympathy for him, but we, because we saw him getting electrocuted, but he was manipulating the hell out of everybody in that room so, or in the thing. So, I, yeah, but I thought it was pretty nice. I was like, Oh, there's a nice guy. And then I was like, yeah, he's probably going to turn out evil. But again, I just, yeah. Back to the monster was just seemed like, you know, ooh, big evil monsters, bad Russians, you know, Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know why I like wanted a little. I was thinking like something that would be written now would be like more. Then I was like, okay, like so like. Well, the bad Russians was also an eighties. I mean, that was like yeah, all the 80s. yeah, I, yeah. It's supposed totally to be like all the eighties tropes yeah. or whatever. Yeah, absolutely fine with that. I had no problem with that at all. I mean, you know, it was sad, but you know, um, oh, yeah. I I can't remember what I was gonna say, but. Sorry, I keep no, 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 you no. It's happen. not you. No, it's I'm like exhausted lately. Like the the newest Radio Zero is. I we were just like blah blah blah. You had nothing to say. I don't think. Well, you're back to work. Yeah, yeah. It's always hard to go back to teaching after the summer. I haven't even. And you're doing yeah. the administrative shit, and that's even harder. And I can only imagine how hard it is at the college level because. It was hard at the preschool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it probably much harder at the preschool level. This, this is this is nice. I I have this thing where like I want my summers, like I want my time. I this book, The Overworked American, came out like in the God only knows when that came out, mm-hmm. nineteen late, like or nineties or something like that. Just talking about how people are giving up their their time for money. And that really affected me. Yeah, there's no work, work, work-life balance. Yeah, yeah, and that just really affected me. So, like, I'm, I'm just like, I don't care as much about money as I care about my time. Not that I do anything exciting yeah. with my time. You know, I like sit like a beached whale in a pool for for two hours today. Um, yeah, but that's so great when you're when you're busy to be able to do that. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. To be like, I'm going to lay in bed with a book and read and maybe doze and then wake up and read a little bit more. Yeah. But, yeah. but work's been on a weekend. Work's been pretty great this uh, this this week. I, I have a brand new office, so um, which is very strange because they're they're re- uh, renovating our building. So I have a new like everybody's got like a new office or a bunch of people have new offices and mm-hmm. I like hung up all these pictures and I, it's a huge office it's been really fun so yeah it's but but yeah a little a little exhausting and worrying cuz so many things are like I want to be the best worker I could possibly be right that's that's so you know just a lot of worry tied in with that but it'll be better yeah that's how I was too yeah it'll be better next I mean if you and that's how my husband is. He works more than anyone I know. Talk about work life balance. We don't we don't do well with work life balance here at this house. We have none. And I'm the op- now that I'm retired against my will. I'm I have no I I have the opposite problem. I have the life and none of the work, which mm. makes me unhappy. Cuz I don't do well with just 
unscheduled time with non-structure yeah I think oh yeah I can't because I I'm pretty sure I have like I've I think I've had ADD my whole life (laughs) and I you know school working at school is very good because I'm like I know what I have to do next and it you know it keeps me structure but I just I am so distractible that like I start doing one thing and then I wander off and do something else and I haven't finished the first I start a lot of projects and don't finish them make big mess all over my house so I do I did I did better with that when I was working and I even did better with my projects at home when I was working because I was like I don't know so I hate having open it was it was it was nice for like two months and then I was like I am going crazy but that's why I have all my animals. So <laughs> yeah, that's good. so. What projects are you working on this week? Um, for books. Is this is this time for is this time for Aunt Baru? I think so. Do yeah. Do we have any homestead homesteading? Yeah. Homesteading with Aunt. We need some homesteading with Aunt Baru music. I, I get do 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 do. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love simple pleasures to be <laughs> that, but I don't want to copy off. I I don't know why, but I find that to, mo- to be the most calming music I've ever. <laughs> I, I I need it on like a sound bite so that if I'm getting mad, I'll just listen to that and it'll calm me down instantly. <laughs> That's great. It's the. I don't know why, but I I really it really relaxes me. It's very funny. But uh. So yeah, well, let's see what's happening with with Baru this week. Uh, you know, uh, it's been hot on the old moisture farm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have too much moisture is the problem. I I wish we were on tattooing this week. Uh, too much heat. All my garden's gasping. I'm watering it constantly, and everything looks like it's frying. I'm getting some good tomatoes, getting some good watermelons. First, first time I've successfully grown watermelon, so oh, I'm real wow. excited about that. Wow! Like the little ones that you can fit in your fridge. Oh, so that's, that's cool. That's been fun. Can't cantaloupe, but um, yeah. So I'm getting, I'm getting really good big tomatoes this year, which I've I've always struggled with getting good big ones, and I've always done well with cherry tomatoes. This year it's the opposite. My cherry tomatoes are doing. They're like tiny, like, like so tiny, too tiny to eat. Hmm. And they're shaped differently. I don't know what's going on with them. I've never seen them do this before. It's the same kind I've always planted. So I don't know. I mean, they're more shaped like a little grape. They're like way more oval and they're small. I have like half the size. That's that's what I have. I have like these weird tomatoes. They're kind of like oblong with like a point at the bottom and they taste great, but they're the weirdest looking. Are But are they bigger? They're well, they're the same size that I had last year. And then there is one that's bigger, like like there's one hanging off that's huge. Are they are they are they Roma no. tomatoes or like no. Amish paste tomatoes? I, I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know what kind of like I also like I planted um, what I thought was cucumbers, but they turned out to be zucchinis. And then I posted about it on Facebook. And then like a whole, like a couple of people told me that it could be a poisonous <laughs> zucchini. Oh, and so I like, yeah, like if, if you have a volunteer zucchini, it might be poisonous. 
Well, that's something I haven't heard oh, before. Oh, man. I'll look that yeah, up. Yeah, it's really terrifying. I can't remember what it's called, but like, so now I've got like three zucchinis in my in my refrigerator and I'm like, what do I do? And, you know, like it, it like messes up your mouth or something like that. And it could be fatal. I'm, yeah. Christ. Yeah. It's really terrifying. Death by zucchini. Yeah. You know, so that's a way to go. If you, That'd be an exciting way to go. If, if you take a, that's a bite different. of it and it's bitter, then it's it's the it's the uh, deadly non zucchini zucchini, I guess. Is it something that if you cook it, it's fine? No, or I don't no? think so. No, because apparently, like green beans have some a level of toxicity to them that I didn't know. Then if you don't cook them just long enough, it can upset your stomach. Oh, oh, that's not good. And I, I, I'm a green bean lover, but I was. I did get sick after eating green beans that I had just like kind of lightly steamed and I didn't really cook them long enough. And then I Googled it because I was like, could it be the green beans? And then I like read all this stuff about, you know, that's probably why our grandmothers cooked them into mush. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got a bad rap. So what do you, all right. Well, so that's good. I interrupted you when you were talking about That's what's going on in the garden. Your harvest. That's yeah, that's all that's going on in the garden. Everything's gasping. My flowers are all in a state of waiting for it to get a little bit cooler to bloom again. So my flower garden will be looking better in like a month. So everything's too hot. Everything's too hot. Um, but do you? I'm too hot to be out there. <laughs> Do you plant anything like for like like the fall season? Like do you plant like more lettuce or anything like that? I I do. Um I want to try doing some I want to get I want to get some it's too hot to do it right now. So I'll probably put some in in September and I'll buy some that are already started and instead of doing it from seed cuz it's going to be too hot when they're seedlings. They'll just gasp and go limp i always do them in the spring and we're so buggy here that i get so like all my greens get like eaten by bugs now swiss chard i have no problem with um so i'm gonna i'm gonna put in some more of that and that even will last and kale and that'll last even if it gets cold like it can even handle gets getting snow on it Mm. So I'm going to try to put another round of that in. But lettuces, I've had bad luck with lettuce and cabbage and broccoli. Like the little flea beetle things eat it. And it's just because I'm trying to do organic. Yeah. And so, you know, you can spray it with organic stuff, but you still question it a little bit. And then like the insecticidal soap doesn't really work on the things that eat it. And then... um you know, uh, I don't want to put anything stronger on it. And you, they, they tell you like, well, then just hand pick off the little cucumber, you know, all the little caterpillars. Yeah. It's just like, I tried doing this like 30 tiny little uh, green caterpillars that are eating, you know, it's just like, it's really hard to keep up. No, I've got those. I've, I've got collard greens and they have like giant holes in them. And like when I took one yeah. of them and I was like, I've just got to eat this anyway because I've never had collard greens before. And like I, I took it, I washed it off really well, and I chopped it up and like cooked it 
in like garlic, salt, and oil, and then put it in an mm-hmm. egg, in one of your eggs. Actually, yep. thank you. That's I wanted to thank you for Ooh. the eggs. It oh my, oh, I it forgot. was so good. Oh, you know, but then yeah, I haven't grown those that I've been meaning to. So I think those would do better than because I think they'd be more like kale or the Swiss chard. I think they'd do a little better. Hmm. I do have to keep them covered though, because the chickens like to get into all that too. So, what do you cover them with? I have little little cloches that you just stick over the plant. Is it like little? Looks like something that on a, if you were having a pretty lunch outside, you would stick over a, you know, a plate to keep flies away or like. Right. A, so, would that keep the bugs out? Or you'd put a candle under. No, oh, okay. not it's just the holes are too uh, big. Okay. Oh, I see. But it protects from- you. Can't you can get you can get a light a light cloth that you can put over it, like a light 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 summer weight cloth. But I haven't done that. I haven't tried that yet mm. to keep bugs off. But oh cool. lord, now I'm yawning. <laughs> well, it's been oh yeah, we're over an hour. Um, oh, so. Thanks. This is our our third episode in a row, episode six. Yeah, look at yeah. us. We're yeah, doing we it. Yeah, slowly but surely. Um, and so we'll get these. Um, I'll send the that to you. We, I don't want to talk about the pod, like the inner workings of the podcast on the podcast. So I'll probably edit that out. But do you have anything else you want to say? Oh, I want to say, I I meant to talk about it last week. I think I I told you about it in messaging, but for anyone out there uh, who hasn't um, seen this uh, Star Wars documentary um, called, it's like a several part one. I'm only on part two, but it is just so good. So I'd love to talk about it. I think you'd really like it. And um, they're like an hour, an episode, but it's um, called... It's on Vice TV and they have a streaming, you know, they have a streaming app or you can find it, find it on like Hulu or something. Um, And it's called, they're a series, they've done other topics, but this, it's called Icons Unearthed and uh, Icons Unearthed Star Wars. And it's about the making of Star Wars. And it actually made me feel better about our podcast because they did not know what the hell they were doing. Uh, when they were making this movie, and uh, one of the ILM guys described it as building the plane as you're learning to fly it. Wow. So that's what we're doing. So it's we're just in keeping with the tradition. <laughs> yeah. But the best thing about it, the best thing about it that I the the, the is that Marsha Lucas is being um, interviewed, and she's I've seen you know I've seen a lot of this material. It's uh, you know a lot of the making of star wars stuff we would watch as a kid there's some of that stuff like all the cool like how they made the sound effects that i always thought was fun yeah but um and we've always heard george lucas wasn't so great with actors but the whole first episode was like oh george lucas wasn't great talking to humans so i kind of came away from it going oh okay he was on the spectrum i think he was on the spectrum and 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 that's why he struggled so much. And Marsha was basically like his, I mean, she was, she met him in film school. She was a kick-ass editor. Um, she edited, 
Oh God, I'm already I've already lost it. She's added a lot of movies from the people in that that little circle of like right. Scorsese and yeah, uh, yeah. She was like a real like she's won yeah. Oscars and but all the stuff we would see about Star Wars, she was always left out of all yeah. that. And she she basically uh, get out of here. She basically, sorry, my husband just popped his head in. She basically, like, she basically was, like, George's interpreter for the world. Like, she helped, you know, intervene, helped, helped, help him communicate with people. And basically, like, took the script and was like, let's make this big story that you have. Let's make this palatable for humans. (laughs) you know and it's just really interesting and it's funny and um and she seemed really sweet and she she uh spoiler alert she uh she she was the one that insisted on keeping the force in the movie when everyone like brian de palma everyone was trying to get him to get it get that out of there so we if we didn't have her we wouldn't have the force and um she was the one that said kill off uh obi-wan kenobi at the end of star wars um, because he was originally supposed to win that fight and then um, stand around with Leia and the generals watching the hologram mm-hmm. and be like, use the force, Luke. All that was like, they already had recorded all that dialogue with him doing it. But she was like, it'd be more interesting if he disappears and joins the force and then Luke is hearing him. So like, that's a pretty big contribution in my book so those are huge contributions yeah yeah so i just thought it was like a real it's a it's a really well-made docuseries and it's really fun so i think everyone should watch it yeah that's great thank you that's that's awesome so there you go reminding me to to watch that too now that i'm free well i still need to watch the rest of it but uh yeah now that you're free of stranger things you can go back to star wars yeah all right i and i think honestly i think rick would probably enjoy it even though he you know, he loves the movie making stuff. So I think you could get him to watch that with My you. My guess is he's watched it already. I'll bet. He's, he's watched yeah, everything, but I will, I'll, I'll find out. He'll, he'll watch it again with me. Probably maybe the whole family. Well, it's, it's, it just came out in July. So yeah. yeah. It's okay. And tell what's it called again? Uh, Star Wars, or sorry, uh, icons unearthed okay. and, uh, Star Wars, okay. like colon, semicolon star wars and then uh it's a series on vice tv i think they've done they're either doing one on monty python or they've done one on my monty python but this one is on star wars and it's fantastic all right i have it written down oh cool well let me double check that i i keep getting i kept wanting to call it icons unleashed i just want to make sure since as I'm aging, no, Icons Unearthed, Star Wars, Vice TV. And we can put a link, we can put a link up to it when we get this up. We can put it in the show notes. Cool. So. Not a sponsor. All right. Not a sponsor. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Um, thanks so much to Lotus, yeah. Lotus Pool for, for helping us out here with this. Yep. And... Uh, and uh, may the force be with you. Lotus Pod.